Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Hallelujah! It's time for my favorite part of every service. Today we've not really seemed excited and I, I'm just believing that you are, you are gathering and you are keeping all the excitement for this part of the service. So I want you to stand to your feet, put your hands together, keep shouting, keep clapping, because you're about to hear the word of God that is going to heal us. Let's welcome Sister Joy Philippe Like I feel in this face mask. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to just say something nice to Jesus. Something nice, something nice. The whole morning, some of us have just been in church to be sad. But this is the time to say something nice to Jesus. You know, tell him that you love him. Please don't lie, but tell him something true. That you're happy to be in church. I hope you're glad to be in church. So tell him you're happy to be in church. Express something to him because we're a charismatic church, but this morning we sound like an Orthodox church. opportunity, a chance to meet with you, a chance to be in your presence. I pray, Lord, that as we come before your word, that you will speak a word to us, a word in season, a word in season. Let it be well with us, O oh God, when we will be glad we came. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Well, second Sunday in church, I'm saying a second Sunday since the lifting of the ban, or no, about the fourth Sunday before us, our second Sunday, and we are trying to get used to wearing the mask and washing our hands, and so if you are in church without a mask, you are doing something wrong, so all ashes, I want you to go around, anybody without a mask must be in the mask, is that okay? Uh-huh. This one is not about you, it's about the other person. So that when we come to church, we can feel free. Is that okay? You know that everybody who came through the gate doesn't have a high temperature, so they are not sick, at least that's at now. We will not get sick in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we'll continue to enjoy our together. What are you guys about this morning? Tell your neighbor, what's your mother thinking that she's not saying? 
<laughs> you can be sure I'm thinking, I'm just not saying. <laughs> okay, hallelujah. Well, for a Sunday or two, I'm going to be preaching just a part of an, what is actually a very long series. I'm saying just a part because I'm not so sure that I'll stay with it for so long. But I want to share something that the Lord laid on my heart that is really ministering to me. Is that okay? Yeah. And I believe that is a word for a time like this. What I'll be sharing with you is part of a wider series on the determinants. I don't think I have the book up here, but we have copies of this book. I really want to just admonish you to purchase that book. Get a copy of it. We definitely will have copies around after service. And get a copy because there's a very profound message in there. But what is on my heart to share with you right now is just an aspect. As I said, do you have a copy of the book around? They are going to get it. Okay. So by the end of service, it will be in. Now, sometimes when we are referring you to a book, if you're an African like me, you feel that, ah, the power is in the preaching. Now, a book, they are how? But you need to renew your mind because God puts messages in books. Is that okay? He puts messages in books. He anoints people to write those books. The Bible was not written by God in heaven. It was written by 66 people. There are 66 books. Well, not all. Some of the books, more than the author wrote more than one. But each one was somebody inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the person wrote, and it's in the Bible. Are you there? And we put those in the Bible. That doesn't mean that God stopped working when the binding went on. He's still speaking to us. You know, when I got saved partly through a message in a book. Yeah, it was a book that I read, and I was an unbeliever at the time, and it was a very inspired story. And at the end of it, I was like, I have to look for this Jesus. Up until that point, I'd been hearing, but my ears were very hard. It was that book that brought a message into my heart before later on I received Christ. So, do not behave like that. Amen? Hey, you are quiet today. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, this is not part of my preaching. Somehow, I just feel that I need to say it, you see. When Joshua was going to go and lead the children of Israel across into the promised land, he needed to learn how to fight. And I would have expected that he would have been given some extra lessons in how to kill with one stroke. Take one sword and just finish a whole army. But that's not what God sent him. After encouraging him and telling him to be strong, we see a scripture in John 1.8. This book, are you there? This book of the law shall not depart from out of your mouth. I mean, the man was going to fight a fight. And he was being told that this book shall not depart out of your mouth. I hope you are with me. But you shall meditate on it day and night and be careful to do that which is in it. Then will you have good success. Are you there? And we're looking for prosperity and good success. But the man's prosperity and good success was in a book. And I'm saying to you that there are so many books, but many times there's a book with your name on it. That particular book, if you take it, there's a message there for you. So meditate on it day and night. So for us, number one, sometimes we don't even read in the first place. When we finish reading, to meditate on something is to turn the thing around in your mind until it becomes part of you. You know, sometimes you reread portions, you underline portions, you check out um, the meanings of, of um, you know, some of the words. What does it mean? You check what it is in the dictionary. And you, you are meditating on it. Then it brings a deeper message to you. And so Joshua's prosperity was hanging. His success was hanging on a book. You call it the Bible. It was a book of the law at that time. 
Are you there? Last example I'll give you is from Revelations chapter 10. In Revelations chapter 10, the Lord wanted to bless John. John was already on the Isle of Patmos. He was already in jail, but God wanted to send him a message. And he sent an angel to him. It's this rendition of John chapter um, Revelations chapter 10 has the deepest um, description of an angel that we have in the Bible. It talks about his hair, talks about his face being like the sun, his hair like a rainbow. Are you there? Turn to your neighbor. I know you are behind the mask, but turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are looking nice, mom, but your eyes are a rainbow. <laughs> Tell the other neighbor, your face is glowing, mom, but it is not exactly like the sunshine. It left small, it left small, it left small. But you can see that God sent a particular angel. Now, some angels are like human beings. So when you meet them, you don't even know that they are angels. You think it's another human being. But God wanted John to know, I am sending you an angel. And the Bible says this angel was so big that one foot was in the sea, the other was on the land. If I saw such an angel, when I finish being afraid, I'll be waiting for the message that this angel would be bringing to me. Are you following with me so far? But the Bible says in verse 2 of Revelation chapter 10 that in his hand he held a little book. God wanted him to know that I, God, I am sending you a book. Yeah, I'm sending you a book. So again, my purpose in telling you, and, and you see the book was related to John's ministry. When he finished taking it and eating it, his ministry climbed to another level. The, that, that's when the angel told him that now that you have eaten this book, to eat a book means you are on it until it's inside you. To eat anything is part of you. Are you there? He said, now you are going to minister to nations. You are going to minister to people of different towns. You are going to meet people, you know. So some of us, our breakthrough that we are looking for is tied up in something that you need to go and read. Something that you need to swallow. Something that needs to be part of you. Something that if you were to take it and it became part of you, you see yourself moving up. Hallelujah. And this book by Bishop Doug, The Determinants, which they are, they are getting for me, is one of such books. And today I'm just preaching on a portion, maybe this week, next week, I don't know, maybe one or two weeks. I'm not going to share the whole message. But get it and stay with it. The book is called The Determinants and it's based on Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11. Ecclesiastes 9. So far, I only feel that I'm going to be sharing with you on the first part. But you let's enter and see what God will do. Hallelujah. In Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 11, there's a scripture there. It will explain to you why something is called the determinants. Did anybody tell these people make face shield that you cannot even scratch your face when you want to? <laughs> Ecclesiastes 9.11 says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. It's a very interesting scripture. It says that, look, there are certain things that are there. Now, these things are supposed to make sure that you do well. But if time enters it, and chance, I prefer to say God, but if you like chance, enters it, it may not be so. The race is not to the swift. 
nor the battle to the strong. Are you there? It's a very interesting scripture. Nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. You see, what the scripture is telling us is that there are two elements you and I don't control. Time. Are you controlling time? You're not controlling time. That's why you were late. Please, so in this dispensation, I will beg of you to stop eating your mutu in the morning, okay? Come to church and then go and do the mutu. Otherwise, the service will be over as you are coming. Uh-huh. You know, normally, usually we take our time. Tell your neighbor, we normally take our time. We take our time. But now, our service is two hours. So if you, take, if you just relax too much, by the time you are aware, when you start to belt, service is over. <laughs> we don't control time. We don't control chance. Oh, God. So these are two things that we do not control. But the scripture is saying that. But for those two things, the race is actually to the swift. The battle is actually to the strong. The bread is actually to the wise. Are you there? Riches are to men of understanding. Favor to men of skill. Except if those two things intervene. It's obvious. Who wins the race? I was I almost laughed when these people came and talked about Barcelona. I mean, I mean, please, if you are going to lose a match, don't lose it 8-2. Please. That's number one. Number two, in any match where there's an own goal, it only happens once. Somebody told me that in this match it happened twice. Is it true? It happened only once. Some people are saying one, some are saying two. But you see, (laughs) in other words, the other team was a better team. And time and chance did not intervene on the behalf of Barcelona. So, with all... (laughs) (laughs) With their main man in position, 8-2. Are you there? So if time and chance don't intervene, is the fastest man, is the Usain Bolt who will win? If time and chance don't intervene. Why did Usain Bolt not win his last race? Time and chance caught up with him. Wow. No, it's true. Yeah. Time and chance caught up with him. He had reached a certain age, that's number one. And by chance, a muscle pull. Time had caught up with him. I watch the dancers here when they are dancing. So beautiful. 14, 15, 16. Pastor Danny, how old are you? I can't hear what he's saying. Pastor Danny used to dance. But right now, time has caught up with him. (laughs) So if we put him here, it's not a. (laughs) Are you here? Are you understanding the scripture? Amen. Amen. That's why many good footballers become coaches at a point. At a point before the change is visible, they can feel the change of time. Amen. However, until time and chance which are not in our hands, until they hit, there are so many things that are in our hands. That is why the race then becomes to the swift. There was once 
uh, an Olympic swimming match where the worst swimmer got the gold. What happened? They were about to swim and the person was not ranking at all. But as they started the thing, ready? They took off before the time. So the whole team, everybody who was going to swim was disqualified except the last person. And the last person had entered the water on time. So he just ended. She said, go, man, I would be uncontested. Are you here? But how many times in the life of a human being or how many times in the life of the Olympics has the worst swimmer won the gold? It's rare. In other words, even though time and chance happen to us all, it is a rare occurrence. And so you would do well to be wise and to look at the scripture and understand that in the affairs of men, the race is usually to the swift. That's why even though the scripture says it's not to the swift, the Bible still goes along. It's like one day just type in speed or speedily or haste in your Bible um, search. You'll be shocked at the number of scriptures there. Tell me that, hey, make haste. Make haste. Then you come and say, when you are of little understanding, you come and say, oh, the Bible is contradicting itself. It's not contradicting itself. Hey, minister, son, in Lady Reverend, this is your first face shield now. Today, dear. Hmm. You see, if I say I'm going to take it off, there's somebody in the front row who will eye me. <laughs> hey! The person has given me two choices. The face mask or the shield. Hmm. Hey, you're sir. Hallelujah. And so... The reality is that these things that have been mentioned are determinants of life. They determine what happens to you both in physical things and in spiritual things. How fast you are. How strong you are. How wise you are. How much understanding. There are people in this room, your hunger is because of your inability to understand things. Yes. How skillful, how skilled you are. Favor comes to skilled people. Favor comes to skilled people. Are you with me? So it, 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 it is in your hands to do something about. You cannot say that because time and chance might level all of us, I'll sit down waiting. The truth is that if you didn't try to do your best to learn how to swim, you would not even have been at the Olympics to be in the rankings of people who are about to swim for time and chance to come and find you there and make you win the race. Amen. And so therefore, come on. <laughs> we will do well to look at these determinants of life. Many things in life are determined by your speed. Many things in life are determined by how strong you are. The strength is not just physical strength. Some people are physically strong, but there's nothing in the head. When Joseph met Potiphar's wife, Joseph was strong in an area that most men are weak. It was that strength that kept him. Yeah. It is wisdom that brings you bread. Mm. Right now, that's we are living in corona days. Eh? Mm. If some wisdom does not meet you somewhere, 
You realize they can easily starve. Not because you are lazy. Not because you are weak. Not because you are not whatever. But you need a certain wisdom to survive in these times. Are you with me? If you don't have understanding, some of you don't understand things. The reason why you don't wear a mask is because you don't understand things. <sighs> Are you here? Lack of understanding. Very, very expensive. Skill. And me, I played the piano, but they never called me. Could it be your skill that's lacking? Could it be? And then every day, then they are calling these people who they know them from. They are pastors' children. So that's why they have been calling them. Hey! Were you there when this pastor's child was chasing us to get piano to be practicing? Why didn't you do some? He chased that. We had no peace. We had to agree. Hey! He knew where to pass the request. So that's I'm sitting in the house and Corona is outside. I can't go outside. I'll be playing. Incidentally, today's pianist is a pastor's child. The bass guitarist is a pastor's child. Hey! Are you there? Yeah. And they have been looking at pastor's children and they are just being favoring their pastor's. Do you know? <laughs> skill, 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 skill. Please ask your neighbor, what have you been playing? Some of you, the whole holiday, you're just playing fufu. Just eating and sleeping, eating and sleeping, eating and sleeping. And so today, I'm going to be talking today and next week about just one of these determinants, the first one. Speed. 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 Eh, please, I have to put down my microphone to wipe my face. I'm still eyeing the person for eyeing me. Hey, it's not simple in life. <laughs> Hallelujah. I won't say anything speed so let us just look at the first determinant I know for sure that this week and next week these are the things I'm going to be talking to you about I'm talking to you about speed is speed important there are many 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 things in life that are determined by how fast you do them some things if you don't do them fast you will not do them at all yes there are many calamities of life that come because of slowness are you there? Like some people I know. You have malaria. Then you say that, oh, I'm going to rest, it will go. You see me, I don't like taking medicine. You think those who take medicines like it? It will go. Oh, it will go. What pains me is the call that I get at dawn that we are having to rush this person to the hospital so that they will go and see the person because the person has just collapsed because they, 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 all because you didn't do what you were supposed to do how it pains me I can't say they should leave you there too are you there? yeah there are many people who die of things that shouldn't kill them because of slowness these days cancer is not necessarily a killer but it needs speed. It needs speed. While you are walking around, walking around, walking around, walking around, walking around, walking around, trying to dodge what is obvious, walking around, walking around, walking around, the thing is growing. I know somebody should have had an operation three years ago. The person is still walking around. 
When you die, should I cry? It's just a question. I didn't say you die. Please, you will not die. But please, if you go, should I cry? Are you there? Yeah. Your child is a child. Be fast to discipline the child. You are walking around it, walking around it. Now that child is 16 years old. And matching you word for word. And say, my child is very stubborn. Your child is not stubborn. You were slow. You were slow. What you should have taught the child at that time, you didn't do. You were slow. You were giving excuses. You were giving, what's the word? Understanding. You see, it's like this. Like that. See, my child is very tender. Your child is very tender. Eh? You wait. One day. I was drinking tea in my house. And my sons decided that they were going to collect my tea. This was before I stopped drinking sugar. I've resolved it forever by not putting sugar inside the tea. That one, nobody wants it. But in those days, I was still... They said, oh, mommy, we want some of your tea. I said, ah, there is water. There is tea bag. There are cups. No, we want your tea. One held my right hand. The other held my left hand. The third person collected the cup. <laughs> Why? Because these three guys who used to be like this, they were now taller than me on my height. And certainly stronger. Are you there? If I was not fast to train them to believe in God, is it today? The same way they collected my cup and I couldn't have done anything. That's how they would have been giving me answers. I'm ministering to somebody today. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you young people, it's time to go to school. In your house, be reading. I know schools are closed, but your books are there. But you are doing that. Last every day you are going out. Ah, let me come to my subject. Oh. Let's read it. Let's read it. Exodus chapter 11. I haven't even entered my subject yet. We are still preparing. In Exodus chapter 12, the children of Israel had been fighting a certain fight. They were trying to leave. Moses had for so many chapters been going to Pharaoh to say, release them, release them, allow them to come, allow them, release them, release them. He had been talking to Pharaoh, and every time Pharaoh would say, eh, okay, then he would say, no, I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind until Exodus chapter 12. In Exodus chapter 12, they were now told that every house should go and get a lamb and slaughter it. And when they slaughter it, they are to put their, uh, the, the, the blood from it on the door. Then look at verse 11. And this is how, that shall you eat it. With your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. I read again. And thus shall you eat. Eating is a normal thing that we do in our lives. It is a pleasurable thing. In fact, it is something that normally when we want to do it, we relax and we take our time to do. But here was an instruction from God. With your loins gathered, just say shawatad here, and when they say get up your loins, there's a way you dress when you are going to run. Are you here? There's a way if you are wearing, if you are fraud and tamar, you would roll it in a way. You have gathered up your loins. 
so that you can pick your feet and run. With your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand. In other words, like somebody who is going to go out. You shall eat. Yes, you are going to eat all right. But eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. I came with a message to you, church. That though the door is open and we have come back into church, you should not fool yourself that all is normal. It is not. We have been in church and we have played games before. We have been in church and we have come to church just because it was the socially accepted thing to do. We have given our lives to Christ yet, but yes, but we have been playing games. That is why there has been little difference inside the church and outside the church. We have behaved like unbelievers. We have fornicated when we wanted to fornicate. We have stolen even in the house of God when we want to steal. I mean, it's a sad thing to have to announce in a church and say, keep your phone. Watch your phone. Just as we have come to church, thieves have also come. All calling themselves Christians. We have done so many things and rested. But in this scripture, I came to tell you that something has changed in the dynamics. Yes, we are still coming to church. We are still eating. We are still doing things and hoping that all will be well. But there is an instruction from above. Get your loins at any time. Be ready because Jesus may come tomorrow, or you may die tonight, God forbid, or your time may just be up and you've got to leave. It's time to get your loins. Whatever you were doing that would not have helped you to run, you got to stop it now. It's time to be ready to run. It's time to be ready because the time is almost up. And he said, Get up your loins. And then he says that on your shoes, on your feet, put your shoes. For us as believers, the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. There are people waiting there to hear you preach to them, to hear you say something to them. Church, put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. It's time to go out there. It's time to preach one more time. It's time to talk to somebody. It's time to tell my friend, I've got to take you to church. I have to preach to you. Your shoes on your feet. Your stuff in your hand. A staff is what you use to guide you on your way. If you see a, a, a shepherd, he has his staff to control his sheep. The sheep understand. When he lifts it up like that, it means go this way. When you are trying to go somewhere else, he will bring it down on your back. And you know, and you turn. Our staff, where is your word of God? Where is your word of God? For us as believers, our staff is our word of God. That is what it is. When you come to church, you have come, you are ready to dance. You are ready to dance and shake your waist. You are ready to sing. But when the word of God comes, which you need for the guidance of your life, you come to sleep. You come to sleep. That's why in this church, I will not allow you to have a chair when you come and sleep during the word. I will make them remove you because already now we are dizzy with the number of chairs we have here. Do you understand when I say we are dizzy? The chairs are too few for us. Yeah. They'll never cost of one meter, one meter, no. Ashes, please walk around. Every sleeping child belongs in the Sunday school. Remove them. I'm looking at one right here as I'm sitting. Yeah. Any child who is not 
awake. It is for children who are. You see, some children, they are children, but they are awake and alert. They are, their, their mind has gone on vacation. They are the ones who should be over there. Who will sing, read your Bible. Pray Pray every day. Pray. Uh-huh. We'll do things that will keep you awake over there. But here, a serious word. Take your staff in your hand. Child of God, where is your word? You need it now to guide you. Because time is almost up. What do I do tomorrow? What should I do next? It's in the word of God. We don't have much time, you know. And then he says, you are going to eat. You are going to do other things. You are going to do things that look like normal. But he says, do it in haste. Speedily. Speedily. Because the time is gone. Speedily. And then he says, it is the Lord's Passover. We have had one experience of what it is to be locked up. In fact, the experience is not yet over. It's just we who are tired. (laughs) No, it's true. In places where they are serious, they have gone back on lockdown. We we can't. Oh, you can't see that we can't. Mask bakukra ubeshekura untime. Ah, but it's true. Look at how I'm complaining over one face shield. Oh, you're not getting me. It, 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 we are just not able. It's not that the thing is gone. We are not able. We have just trusted ourselves to God. That Lord, just have mercy and help us. Eh? That's why many of you have had it by it has passed. It's true. I say many of you, you have had it last week. I did a test that asked how many of you think that the symptoms have come and passed around you small and you have had it small. Come and see the whole room. The whole room. <laughs> Just mercy of God. He said, if I leave these people, it, it will not be good. It will not. So he has just answered our prayers and had mercy on us. But don't let it fool you that things are normal. They are not normal. Do what you have to do in haste. Eat it in haste. Eat it as though Jesus is coming tomorrow because he just might. Eat it as though it's your last chance. Come to church today because you're not sure that you'll be able to come to church tomorrow. You're not sure that you'll be here. Pray today because you don't know whether you'll be able to pray tomorrow. You have no idea. You have no idea. Because underneath everything that is looking so smooth there is a silent thing creeping. Every single week, I have to send people to people or I have to go to a funeral myself. Every week. Every week. Just before I came, I just finished organizing the next one because the person is in another town. Please, go and visit. Hey, you are very quiet on me. I shouldn't say it. I have to say it. If I don't say it, because it means something. And so today, I'm just sharing with you about speed. Hallelujah. Be fast. It is the Lord's Passover. Something is happening. Be fast. Don't fool yourself. Oh, don't fool yourself. I too, I would like to think that it is over and all is well. I would like to think so. But even if everything is lifted and we go back to normal, I tell you, times are not the same. Last week I read to you from Matthew 25, I believe, and you saw all the signs, all the signs of the last days, they are there. And that is why we must be fast. Number one, be fast. The Lord's Passover is nigh. That's number one. The Lord's Passover is nigh. The things you used to do calmly, patiently, pick up your feet and be in a hurry. Time is almost out. Number two, 
Speed determines if you will build anything. Speed, it determines if you will build anything. In 2 Chronicles chapter 24, we see a very interesting scripture. In this scripture, a king called Joash was talking to the priests of his day. And he said to them, let me read. It came to pass after this that Joash was minded to repair the house of the Lord. And he gathered together the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out unto the cities of Judah and gather of all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year. And see that you hasten the matter. How be it the Levites hasted it not. And the king called Jehoiada the chief and said to him, Why have you not required of the Levites to bring in out of Judah and out of Jerusalem the collection according to the commandment of Moses, the servant of the Lord? You see, this was a king. He became king when he was quite young. And at a point, he realized that the house of God was just lying in waste. And so he told the priest, because the kings were that one job, the priests were doing something else. It is in this dispensation that we are kings and priests together. But in those days, you were either a king or a priest. And he said to the priest, go around and get what you must get so that we will repair the house of God. And the priests rather were relaxing. So after a while, he calls, ah, why haven't you done it? Why haven't you done it? Why have you left the house in waste? The house of God is lying in ruins and you are relaxing. He said, no, you need speed. You need speed. We need speed to rebuild our house. I said, we need speed to do what? Yeah. There are many of you coming to church, but you don't work. You don't do much in the house. Oh. 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 Is it true or is it not true? We don't have time. You've got to get to work. Some of the people who you see coming late, it's not that they have come late because they desire to. They have gone around calling people. Calling people. People they are responsible for. We are going to church. We are going to church. And you are just sleeping. And you are just resting. You are just relaxing. Hey. Please ask your neighbor, exactly what do you do in church? Exactly what? Uh, those of you, you ask, you mind me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Many of the young people who you are seeing who come and dance, they have already gone to their branch to dance with. And because those who are here will not dance, Gideon and how many people are you have here? About some five? We have to wait for them to come. Hmm? Now that I brought it to your doorstep, you are quiet. I say, uh, if you are a pastor in the front, uh, get up from where you are. Go, look, please, this side, I think most of them are BTC. Eh? Please, if you are in BTC, wave at me. God bless you. Bombsu Town Center people. Beautiful. Beautiful. Pastor, walk around and ask the person, please, what do you do in church? Please, what do you do? Please, what do you do? Hey. And if they face you, to face them, remove your mouth, just look at the person and then move on to the next one. you came. Time is up. Time is up. The house of God needs to be built and you are still playing the fool. Hey, 
Please, if the person is a young man, take his phone. Hey, Tims, look for ashes in the house. Yeah, look for ashes in the house. You can't tell me. Somebody told me that unless the BTC ashes come to help. I said, what? There's no usher with bones in the house. There's no young man with bones. Hey! How possible? Come and sit down. Come and sit down. I just wanted to frighten you a little bit. <laughs> One day, you will answer, oh, but you will not answer to a few pastors. Oh. Jesus will ask you. I said, Jesus will ask you. When my house needed you, where were you? What did you do? You were walking around looking about your own business. Hmm. That day, what excuse will you give? That day, James will be there. Then he will say, ah, go there for me, Jesus. Go there for me. Ask him, ask him, ask him. What will you say? Hmm. What will you say? Hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need to be fast. Fast to build the house of God. Fast to do the things of God. And a few people are working till they are exhausted. And the rest are visitors. Meanwhile, you have been visited for years. Hey, that's why I'm standing here boldly speaking to you because I know that you have been a member of the church for years but we can't get you to do anything because you're only concerned about your life me, myself and I do you not know that that is why your breakthrough has not come? because Jesus was the one who said in John 15, 16, he said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you to go and bring forth fruit that your fruit may remain. Then he says, and whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. What is your fruit? What is your fruit? Another person. Another person. What's your fruit? What's your That's why you have been praying, praying, praying. There's no answer. Because it was a condition. He said, so that whatsoever you ask, I will give it to you. Whatsoever you ask, I'll give it to you. Do you know how I grew to like praying? I grew to like praying because I discovered that most things when I ask the Father, He gives it to me. That's why I became nice to pray. Because I suddenly realized that when the person is going for an operation and I pray, it works well. When the person is broken, I pray, something happens. Yeah. Oh, then pastor, I'll come to you for prayer. Don't come. <laughs> hey! Speed determines if you will get married. Say Samuel. <laughs> they say I should preach that one. First Samuel 25. In First Samuel 25, we meet a very interesting story. No, no, I'm not joking at all. I'm preaching the word. In First Samuel 25, we meet somebody. You see, there was a man called Nebel, whose wife was called Abigail. Nebel was a rich man who had a lot of sheep, a lot of animals. And as was, is the custom in many places of the world, when the temperature is warm, they release the animals to go up on the mountain so that they can eat enough. Are you seeing it? 
So they don't bring them back every day. They'll go, they'll be there with them. And then as the seasons change and begin to get colder, they come back. The sheep there are not like our sheep. Here it's hot, so our sheep don't grow wool. They just have hair. But in places where the temperature is, is you know, can get cold and hot, they have wool. And so the wool is, must be taken off the animals. That's one of the ways in which the farmer earns money. So when they bring them down from the mountains, then they go through a time which they call sharing the sheep. And it is a time of great festivity. It's hard work, but at the night, there's a lot of partying. The animals that they want to kill, they would have killed some. They'll chew their meat. The the farmer will sell the wool. The money is in his pocket. Are you getting it? So it was at a time like this that David sent his people to go and see Nabal and tell Nabal that while his animals were up in the mountains over there, he, David, remember he was a fugitive on the run from King Saul. says, so we had guarded your people. We took care of them. Because you see, when you are up on the mountain, the thieves sometimes come and collect the whole flock. And sometimes they kill the people who are looking after them and just take all the animals. But David and his guys did a good job. They took good care of these um, Nabal's people. So now it was party time. And so they came to say, remember us. We are still fugitives having to run for our lives. So remember us, that we're good to you and give us some of the things that you are using for the feast. Now, Nabal was not a kind man. And so when he heard it, he sent a message back to David. Who is David? Nowadays, there are all kinds of ruffians walking around saying that they are leading people. (laughs) So he sent back an insult. And so David was angry. So one of the young men who was with David heard what Nabal had done and ran to Abigail, his wife, to tell. And look at what he says from verse 15. The men were very good to us, and we were not hurt. Neither missed we anything as long as we were conversant with them when we were in the field. They were a wall unto us both by night and day, all the while we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now therefore, know and consider what you will do, for evil is determined against our master and against all his household. For he is such a son of Belial that a man cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste and took two hundred loaves and two bottles of wine and five sheep redly dressed and five measures of parched corn and a hundred clusters of raisins. Remember I told you it was party time. And two hundred cakes of figs and laid them on asses. You see, so the story here is that she intervened. Are you there? She was very quick. She didn't go to find the husband. She didn't go to engage in a useless argument. Quickly she went and she took these things to David. And truly, truly, just as the man said, she met David and all his people. They were actually on their way to come and finish Nabal and his family. And she quickly intervened and said, please, I didn't hear the thing. But when I heard, I came very quickly. So please, here are the things that we have brought. As for my husband, he's like his name. You forgive him, but please just leave him. This is what I brought. And because of that, the family was saved. When she came back, she came to now tell her husband. You see, when she came, the man here, not even seen that his wife has gone somewhere. <laughs> In the night, when he came to lie down, he was still drunk and he was very merry. Then she now told him that, you know that David and his people were on their way to kill us. Hey, the guy was so afraid, he died right there. <laughs> he died right there. And so in verse 39, the story continues. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, 
Blessed be the Lord that hath pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and hath kept his servant from evil. You see, one of the things Abigail said that really moved David, she told him that, you see, one day God is going to lift you high to be king. In the day that he lifts you high, don't let this thing be a blemish. If you come and kill Nabal and his whole household, those who don't even know the story will now say, hey, this man, he's a killer. Are you seeing it? So when David heard that Nabal had died, he was now thanking God that, hey, thank you for stopping me. Oh, thank you for stopping me. Are you seeing it? And David sent and communed with Abigail to take her to him to wife. And when the servants of David were come to Abigail to Camel, they spoke to her, saying, David sent us unto you to take you to him to wife. And she arose and bowed herself on the face to the earth and said, Behold, let thine handmaiden be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abigail hasted and arose and rode upon an ass with five damsels of hers that went after her. And she went after the messengers of David and became his wife. Tell your neighbor, speed. You see, <laughs> let us begin to think of the reasons why Abigail could have said no. Reason number one. Eh? Must have just died. Reason number two. Uh, you have not come to see my parents. Oh, in those days, please, this is how they married. It was legal. But I'm thinking about it. I'm still sad. Number three. What will people say? Not that the people are feeding you, but what will people say? Number four, you, David, now nah, that we are looking at you. You are a fugitive. You are running and. Can you look after me? Number five, there's no chemistry between me and you. Number six, <laughs> I, I want to think about it. N number seven, I want to pray about it. Number eight. I don't know you so well. Number nine. My shepherd, I have to talk. My shepherd, I mean, I mean what tribe are you for? Listen, ask for reasons, eh? There will be. But when the time comes for you to marry, because some of you are listening to me, you are in JSS too, you are not the one I'm talking to. You are in SHS too, I'm not talking to you either. You are in the university second year. I'm also not talking to you. Listen to the message and postpone it for the next two years. <laughs> but there are some people I must talk to over here. Yeah. The reason why you are not married is your slowness. Your slowness. I've got to talk to some guys over here. You are too slow. One day, a pastor who's very close to me went to do some work in his church. He discovered that in his church, over 50 men, there's churches in this town, 50 men over the age of 35, not married. Some of them did this house inside, oh, Mamenka. I will say it, my house, my head is not supermarket, I have to say. You are walking around at the age of 35 and married. I don't know what you are looking for. A perfect woman. You as you are sitting there, are you perfect? Are you perfect? 
a beautiful woman, you yourself, as you are there, are you fine? As you are there, your niceness, now here. As you are 35, in four years, it will, it will start fading. It is not a matter of it. And sister, before you start getting comfortable, you are now 35 and you are worried. The reason why you are there, maybe you said no, 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 and another no. Please, I have not mentioned anybody's name in this church. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Listen, there are some people, it's not given to them to marry. It's a hard thing to say, but it's true. But there are also others, that's not the reason why you are not married. And so, brother, shine your eye. Sister, step down from your pride. Hmm. Mercy. <laughs> Are you there? I'm saying this because many times, many times, conditions are not perfect. The conditions under which Abigail was married, they were not perfect. Her husband had died not long before. But you see, in those days also, if you didn't marry, you were very vulnerable as a widow. And people want to imagine that it has changed, but it has not. It has not. Ask every single mother if it is easy. Ask every widow whether it is easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. It has never been easy. So when it is your time, don't let pride and foolishness stand your way. Yeah. I see people saying that, oh, I'm not ready. When will you be ready? I see parents who hinder their children from marrying. And I'm like, do you know what you are doing? Do you know how their parents bow in their knee every day, hoping that their child will marry? And you have got, and somebody's coming, and then you are using a funny reason like, hey, I want you to, you have to marry from our village, then why didn't you grow your child up in the village? This is just a question. If you want them to marry from the village, you should have stayed there. You have come from a village, you have brought your child to Kumasi, you have been here all oh, his life. Kumasi is where the child knows. And now you say that he should marry from the village. Then you shouldn't have come. You shouldn't have come here. You should have stayed there. Oh, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Yeah. Forcing your children into sin by some unwritten laws that we don't understand. What is in your village? Are there not people there who are also divorced there? What is there? Yeah. I don't like people from this tribe. Are you a Christian? What tribe are you from? If I start just standing in one spot, I can start from the top of Ghana to the bottom. I can give you negative characteristics about all of them, including my own. So, so what are you talking about? Hey, you see, the people, they are into witchcraft. If you, who doesn't know your nation? If you knew your nation, you would know that there are other places of our nation where the witchcraft is stronger and more. More. More craft. It is God to whom we have trusted ourselves. Let me, today is not my seminar. Let me move. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm ending. 
Hallelujah. Speed is the determinant of whether you'll be blessed. In Genesis chapter 27, it was now time for Isaac to bless his children. The Bible says it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said to him, My son, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field, and take me some venison, and make me savory meat, such as I love. And bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. Verse 19 of the same Genesis 27. Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto him, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. You see, hmm. the difference between Isaac and Esau. Uh, hold on, we have to have, what, what should we call it? Field sh face shield break. A minute. Wow. Hey. Hey. Hmm. They are called trials and tribulations. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here were two guys. We all know the story. I hope you used to go to Bible Sunday school. If not, please just go in there and read it. The Bible is there to be read. For some reason, the father favored his older son, as is normal many times. And the mother favored Jacob because Jacob grew up with her, helping her in the kitchen, and she was, he was always around, around her. Then the time came when the father said to the elder son, it's time for me to bless you. Go and bring me the meat that I like. You didn't know that you could provoke a blessing by what you gave. You can. And here is a clear, a clear example. Just by honoring the father, his father. But the wife had it. And when Rebecca had, she went to tell her son that this is the plan of your father. And then she helped Jacob. And they took the meat that the man loves. The mother even cooked it in a certain way and brought it to um, Jacob. You see, uh, to, to, to Isaac. You can quarrel with it and say, Jacob, what he did, was it right? Was it not right? Was it correct? All those are, are discussions for another day. But what I need you to see today is that it was his speed that got him his blessing. The blessing was not for him. The blessing was meant to be for Esau. But because, you see, the father could not see, so he couldn't tell who it was. And this guy was able to come with what the father liked. And when he came, Charlie, Isaac opened his, what, stomach blessing and poured, oh, you see. And when he asked him, how come you have been able to bring it so fast? Then Jacob answered, God helped me. God helped me. The truth is that his mother helped him. One of the things you need to, be, to help you to be fast in life is another person, the help. And so when God sends you a helper and you push that helper away, sometimes you struggle for a long time. You struggle for a long time. Many times, God sends us helpers along the way, but we cannot see them. And we cannot recognize them because they do not look honorable to us or because they don't look how we think a helper should look. I'm a pastor. I've tried to help many of you. There are some I quit. 
And I decided I'll just pray. Because you don't even understand when help is coming. When somebody calls you and says, what happened to you along the way with school? Oh, I didn't pass this paper. I didn't pass. You must see that it's out of interest that the person is asking you that question. So don't just answer it. I remember talking to one of my pastors the other day. I said, listen, this person, we have tried to help a number of times. I don't try anymore. Because you come with your perfect answer. Well, okay, then you are fine. Your perfect life. One of the things that helps you to be fast is help us. Help us. That's why if you listen to our father when he's leading prayer, often he talks about those who help him. Healing Jesus, help him in different things. That's what makes him able to do this, 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 this. Who are the helpers God has sent to your life to help you to be fast? Some of you, the person who comes to call you to come to church, you didn't know that that person was your helper. Because when you come to church, you now hear things you don't hear when you're at home or in your area. There are some areas when you live there, you see that everybody, we're all suffering together and struggling together. And this is what is normal. And you are doomed to that until somebody comes and lifts you out of it. And when they are coming to come and lift you out, then you are resisting. It's your helper who has come to give you speed that you were sucking. So don't be irritated with them. And rather resolve in your heart that from next week, I will not even need them to help because I'll be ready. So that I rather will even be a helper to another person. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the people you see walking around, they look like fine people. I can tell you their stories. But a helper came. And they allowed themselves to be helped. And today their lives have come together and moving on. The resistance is too much. You have to stop. Again, ask your neighbor. So you, are you one of those they have been calling? When they are calling, you say, I'm coming. Then they have to wait for you for one hour. I mean, what is wrong with you? Sunday morning, they must wait for you for one hour to pull yourself together. Hey, then you have not understood something. I said, you have not understood something. You've not understood that your help has come. That's why you are dragging your foot and playing games. Some of you young people here today, you, were, you are here because somebody was able to cross you and bring you. Mm. Yeah. Understand it all. Speed. Respond quickly. Respond fast. Your blessing is in it. From today, if you are here, determine that you are even going to be somebody's helper. Stop fooling around. Mm. Tell anybody, I said what? Stop fooling around. Our time is short. Jesus is on his way. The signs are all there. It's time for us to be serious. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And just talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Pray. Talk to the Lord about whatever struck you, whatever touched your heart, whatever touched your mind. Talk to the Lord about it. 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 Where did you miss the mark? What did you forget? What should you have done that you haven't done? Talk to the Lord. 
Jesus name Lord have mercy you should have been a preacher by now but not because you were slow when you should have said yes you were slow oh Jesus your blessing is right in there Give me another chance, oh God. Another oh, yes. chance. Oh, yes, Lord. Another chance, oh God. Another chance, oh God. Another chance, oh God. Rema Sandalababa. Another chance, Lord. Rama Whatever I have been slow in, Lord, another chance. Father, we ask you to have mercy on us. Oh, Jesus. Have mercy on us. Oh, yes. Forgive us our mistakes, Lord. We didn't know. We mm. didn't know so many things. Mm. Yes, Lord. But, Lord, today, oh, yes. we are getting our loins. Getting our loins. Today, Lord. Oh, yes. We are putting on our shoes. Putting on our today, shoes. Today, Lord, we are taking our stuff. Mm. We are going to eat our bread in haste, oh God. So that we'll be in the right place when your Passover comes. Jesus. We pray that you will help us. Oh, yes.
He's calling you. Jesus is calling you. Be quick to hear his voice. Be quick to hear his voice. When you hear it, don't delay. Don't say tomorrow. Don't say next week. Step out and come. Who knows if next week is even coming? Who knows what is coming ahead of us? We have no idea. We pray for the dead, but we don't know. So step out and come. Let us pray together. standing in front, I want you to pray this prayer after me. I don't know, there's somebody your heart is beating here. You see, it's a sign. Jesus is giving you a sign. Please, step forward. Please, come. 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 For him to hold a whole service for you, he must be saying something. Just come. Let us pray. Pray this prayer after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I come to you today as a sinner. As a sinner, please wash me. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me. Cleanse me from my sins. From my sins. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. In the book of life. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. From today. From today. You are my savior. You are my savior. And you are my master. And you are my master. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. For saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for these young and tender ones who have come to give their lives to you today. I pray that you will enter their lives and change it for good. Let them know that of a truth, something has happened to them today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S. God richly bless you.